0: Well, welcome to uh, Movement Four, week 26, Responding to the Love of Christ. And let me just say, if you are sitting in this room, you have made it. And that is a long haul. And as I was thinking about this today, you know, it, it actually does compare to like a marathon. You know, there's 26 miles in a marathon and there's 26 weeks in TI. And I have not run a full marathon, but I have run a half, so I'll tell you a little stories from when I ran a half, which is not a full. Uh, But you have really walked through what is really a training for the soul. And and in many ways, you started in these smaller ways that was kind of like a three-mile run three times a week. And... Really built up this capacity to be with Jesus in ways that probably for many of you had never experienced before, and uh, essentially this represents, and then you know on May 18th the the retreat day is kind of like the completion of that process. I promise you that the retreat day will not actually feel like a marathon, so don't worry. Uh, but but there is this sense when you come to the end of a race after a long time of, of training that you tend to look back on that experience. And, and Val will definitely be talking about what is this gonna look like in this journal review process. And as I reflect back on even you know when I was running a race, you run the race and then you walk through the miles that you've run and there's some miles that were just sheer delight you had all this energy and and every the sky was blue and then there's other miles where your feet hurt and you thought you were gonna die Uh, but that's all part of the journey and really in some ways we're asking you in this ti reflection season to to do the work of paying attention to the race that you've actually just run with jesus but I also want to mention some things that may happen as you anticipate the closure of, of this season. When I would finish running these, this race, you know, I just spent like weeks with somebody telling me what to do. <laughs> and, and so uh, there's this sense that um, I didn't know what to do after it. And I think that's actually a really normal feeling. It is really nice when Val says, do this. And we do it all week. And then we learn and grow in the fruit of it. And there's that sense when something closes that that you've lost that kind of direction. Uh, there's also this sense as you look back that you may say, I didn't run that right. That, that actually I could have trained a little bit harder. I maybe could have run a little differently in this part of the race or in this part of the training. Uh, but you have run the race and and we just want to invite you in the season to celebrate with gratitude the race that you've run. And to be honest, after running a race, sometimes you just don't want to run a while, and, in, and you enter in thinking, oh, I'm so tired. And, and you may find that, that, that there's almost this need to kind of pause on some of these more intensive practices because you've just worn out. And, and what, what's interesting to me is I reflect back even on my own running in those races was, I would feel like that. I'd say, I'm never running again. I'm never gonna do it. And then about week two later of just totally forgetting that I love to run, I couldn't help myself. Because what had happened through this journey was that actually my hungers had changed and my longings have changed. And even my body had changed to the point where it needed something. And it needed to run in the way that it had learned to run. And so even as you anticipate the closure, and you may have a season where you just are tired, uh, and you need to slow down a little bit, uh, you can trust that that something has happened. So, so I don't know where you're coming to tonight with. Uh, you may be really tired. You may wonder if you've done TA, TI right. Uh, and... You may be in a place where you think, this is the best experience I've had, and I have no idea how I'm going to get any better than this. But I want you to know that wherever you find yourself tonight and as you close out this journey, that the first thing is that Jesus has loved spending time with you. And you can be rest assured in that. He has just delighted in the time you have given him, whether it's been small or large. And he has promised... And you can be confident of this, that he who began this good work in you will carry it on to completion through your life. So be encouraged as we close out this TI journey.
1: So we're going to do a little prayer experience together. Um. Yeah, as we're wrapping it up, you're going to take, part of the goal, I think, is to take these experiences and uh, figure out how you're going to make them into what we call a rule. How you're going to splice them into your working life, you know, and put them together so you can still use them. You can't do TI all the time. I think those of us who have been doing it for the last five years, we've kind of proven that. You just cannot keep up the intensity. So, you you know, you can splice them in and come up with a rule for, you know, I'm my working life I'm gonna do the exam and I'm gonna try Lexio Divina for a while. And then well then I, I do that for well, I don't know, maybe a year or two, then I'm gonna switch over and I'm gonna try and do uh, imaginative prayer more. And you try and work these things and come up with a program that works for you. You may be training for a, a marathon or something and you really go at one thing or you may be backing off. So hopefully you can splice these things in to uh you know, to what we, I, a rule that you live by, and that, that keeps prayer and keeps Christ in the center of your life. That's really what we're trying to do, right? Live out of our union of our heart with Christ. So to, we're, tonight, we're going to do this um, Lexio Divina. So you won't need anything. You, won't, you can put it all away. Just get comfortable. Um, I was reading before I came here, I'm reading this older book that I really like by uh, Eugene Peterson, you all know Eugene Peterson, the guy who translated the message. And he wrote a book back in the 80s called um, Working the Angles. And if any of you wonder how the spiritual life and pastoral ministry should go together, I think Working the Angles, now rereading it as somebody in their 60s who pastored for 20-plus years. I think he hits the nail on the head just over and over and over again in that book. And I was reading one paragraph, and while I was thinking about doing this lexio tonight, I like things written down. And I was about to put this verse that I'm going to read to you on a slide so you could have it up and see. And then I came to this section in the book where he talks about the difference between hearing the word and seeing. And it's a really interesting section. And just to highlight, one of the things he said is he talks about the contrast between the Greeks and the Hebrews. And Peterson is a Hebrew guy and and a Greek guy. So he's translated um, the full full Bible. But he said that the Greeks were extremely visual people. They loved sculpture and theater. And uh, that was a big thing. The Hebrews, exactly the opposite. No images, right? They, they, they did none of that, and they left no plays. So virtually everything they did was hearing, you know, right? The Shema, hear, O Israel, right? I mean, and it's all about hearing. So And he, he, he really talks about listening to the word. So I didn't write the verses down that we're going to go over. I mean, I'll tell you, it's John 14, 20, five six and seven you know and so where we're going is it's part of that's the upper room discourse right so we're kind of flashing back from the post-resurrection to the point where jesus is preparing his disciples for when he's gone when he's gone so get comfortable and uh, i want to open us with prayer and then i'm going to read through it four times with a break between each time And I'll give you just a little seed uh, as far as, you know, we're going to read, reflect, reply in prayer, and then rest in God. Uh, If you've forgotten your, you should know them by now, though. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we offer you this time. We pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd illuminate the text in our hearts, that you'd bring it um, from my voice, through, through the ears of the recipients and into their hearts, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So speak to us out of a portion of the text and help us to take it into our lives and uh, that it would, would bloom into fruit in action. We thank you, Lord Jesus. So the first time through, just read and listen for what the Holy Spirit is Lighting up for you a a word or a phrase. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. The second time through, you can reflect on on what it was that the, the Spirit pointed out to you. Hear the word. All this I have spoken to you while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. During this next section, you can reply to the Lord in prayer, what he's been bringing forth in you. Hear the word. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. now we 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 rest just sit with the text before the lord hear the word all this i have spoken while still with you but the advocate the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything i have said to you peace i leave with you my peace i give you I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Lord, we pray that these, these words that we've heard would not just be inanimate information, but living revelation to us through Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: I'm going to give you uh, 10 minutes to um, sit quietly to continue meditating or to journal, whichever you uh, prefer. And I'll give you a 15-second warning when we're getting close to the end of that, and then I'll introduce the next week of prayer. You have about 15 seconds remaining. Amen. Uh, thanks, Christy, for uh, just sort of framing up, you know, what this is like as we're coming to the the conclusion of um, this experience. And this week, our main um, focus is a part of the uh, spiritual exercises that um, I find a little mysterious. I've read lots of commentators on this to try to get at um, you know, what, what's really in Ignatius' heart here. Uh, if you read the original text of the exercises, he has you um, coming at the love of God from different angles. And I've seen really literal you know, a- attempts to interpret this. Um, but let me give you the best I understand it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those titles for, like, books from the 19th century where, like, the title is, like, 16 words long, you know? Um, the title for this one is really interesting. Um, it seems like the, uh, the closest, like, translation of the Spanish comes out something like this, Contemplation to Stir Up Spiritual Love of God in Ourselves. Not a particularly helpful um, Statement. But there are a few little um, clues here. And the first is the word contemplation. Because one of the distinctions between meditation and contemplation is that in uh, Ignatian contemplation, we're really opening ourselves to the movement of the Spirit and then we're responding. Um, Whereas in meditation, we bring more content and then it unfolds. In contemplation, we're hoping to encounter the Lord. Uh, for example, you, know, you, you might start an imaginative contemplation where you are composing the place and using your, your five senses and all of that, and then something happens that you didn't script or you didn't predict. Then, then you start to respond right to what happens in that experience. Uh, George, last week when you let us, no, it was Ned, you let us through that experience, and you asked us to remember someone who died that, that meant someone to us man, she just appeared powerfully in my imaginative image. And every time I go back to it, I like, I'm like, wow, I need to go on retreat and get more time because I wasn't expecting that. And it's, when something like that happens, when something unexpected happens, it, it, it stirs this kind of response in us. So as best I understand it, what Ignatius is asking us to do, in some ways is actually to go back to the beginning which is just knowing ourselves as deeply loved and um, really savoring that, taking that in, um, and and recalling where we've been on this journey uh, through the Ignatian exercises, through the life of Christ, to recall these in such a way that those ways that God has initiated in love towards us awaken something in us. It stirs something in us. And out of this comes, um, I think, an even more generous self-offering. So the words of what's called the sushi pay, which is just the Greek word for receive in Latin, sushi pay. uh, This is Ignatius' simple prayer. Take, Lord, receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will, all I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Now, one could pray this um, mechanically, right? I, I don't know that it would be any more effective than any other prayer that one might pray mechanically. But it symbolizes, I think, this response of our hearts. Um, I, this was a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday morning. Uh, it might have been Palm Sunday. And um, there was just something about the presence of the Lord there and my sense of God's personal love for me that I remember just this, this very deep, spontaneous um, expression of my heart to just say, Jesus, what, whatever you want. And it was just this like deep sense of relinquishing, of, 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 of giving, of just totally trusting um, the Lord. I think that's, that's kind of the universal here. It's not just like something that happens while you're making the spiritual exercises. This is actually a movement of freedom in the heart to offer ourselves even more generously to God, so that's the grace that we're that we're asking for, um, is this grace to offer ourselves more generously, more completely um, to Jesus, and to let Him just, you know, do with it what you will, Lord. Um, I I I don't need to control it. Um, I don't need to know what's next. I trust You. So that that's that's where we're going, and in that way, we are returning. Uh, to the beginning. So um, my suggestion for you um, is that this next week is most importantly um, as well really you have more like a week and a half because we don't have our retreat until the 18th. Um, that is, by the way, because graduation from Wheaton is tw- is on the 12th. and uh, so if we met on the 11th and my daughter's graduating, sorry, it's just very practical. It might have been more tidy to finish this week, but this actually gives you more time to review which honestly is good for you. I suggest you do the review. Um, take your time with it. Give, your, give yourself generously to the review. And it is really a prayer of review. Um, where uh, I, I suggest you do this with a colored pencil or a highlighter um, where you're going through your journal and it, it may be things that you even wrote down like a couple months ago that might not have seemed that ex- important. But this time when you read through them you might find yourself really stirred in some way. And uh, allow the Holy Spirit to just bring that into focus for you and do do that highlighting. So my suggestion, first of all, is to just take your time, leisurely go through your prayer journal, do that kind of marking to just let whatever is in there that needs to be highlighted sort of rise up to the surface. And then, if it's helpful to you, use that handy little thing that I've given you on uh, page one twenty-two and one twenty-three. Um, in all honesty, this is just what I did. So, like you might be led to do something completely different. Um, but after I did my highlighting, and I actually went away on an overnight retreat to do my to do my work. On this um, and the highlighting I was like oh these things I've highlighted kind of fall into some categories and so the categories I outlined for you there you know perhaps you actually had some dreams like nighttime dreams during the Ignatian exercises that are important that you need to remember Um, perhaps there was a particular verse or two of scripture the desires of your heart. I was, like, shocked at how the Ignatian exercises helped me, like, dig up the desires of my heart. Um, there were lots of them, you know? And uh, so I was like, which, which are the ones that kept coming up? That I keep asking the Lord for these things, these these things that was kind of, like, I'm almost afraid to express these desires. What were those things? Um, and then in those colloquies, you know, when we dare to, like, as some people say, put words in God's mouth, um, even though still you're like, "I don't know about that." you know, just trust no one's suggesting that you're going to write you know another edition to the New Testament, no one's going to publish your journals. Uh, you know, this is just you. it doesn't really matter. Um, don't worry about analyzing and or judging it too closely, but write those things down. and um, uh, in the end, I think my hope for you is that you have those are kind of like um, I don't know if you've ever prepared for an exam where they're like, you can take a three by five card into the exam and as much as you can squeeze onto that card, you can bring into the exam. And you know, you like write really small and and, you know, whole concepts, you try to, you're hoping like some little mnemonic or something will help you remember. You know, that's kind of what this is for. So that you can in some ways condense your entire TI experience into, into, you know, two pages essentially. And then as you go through the next years and you get a new prayer journal, you can, you can actually keep transferring that um, year by year. And to go back and to review it and to remember, um, it, it's a way of um, also, you know, I have to say, you know, now like five years down the road, it's really beautiful to see, you know, the, the flowering of uh, some of these desires and prayers um, the, these longings, and then to also have those things like, you know, I'm just like longing for and desiring exactly the same thing I was five years ago, you know? And, and that's good, it means it's really important in my life. So um, I hope you find that a helpful thing. Please don't give this like the short end of the stick. This could really help you capture your TI experience and bring it in into the future. Um, if you have uh, the leisure, Um, There are a few passages there for praying with Scripture, and um, also uh, prescribed by Ignatius is that we um, contemplate the Ascension. Um, So you might find that meaningful. Uh, Recently, uh, someone suggested that uh, you know, with the with the uh, call of the disciples, one could one could also contemplate the call of Paul, you know, which is from the Book of Acts. So. I think you'll find you get diminishing returns as you start to bring uh, imaginative prayer into other passages of scripture. Um, I think because there's just this very special commitment that Jesus has made to the gospel narratives, and the quality of your imaginative contemplation with the gospel narratives will be different. Um, even though it's a great tool, say, to explore uh, you know, an Old Testament story or something, don't expect to have exactly the same uh, kind, kind of experience with that. Um, I've included um, something from Creighton University, uh, God's love for us, our response, which is in your supplemental material about page 141. And, I, yeah, it's interesting, when I first uh, encountered this, I wasn't, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I did like five years later. I think that's really quite substantive, and I, I think that might help you also to understand where you're going. And then finally, I did include the um, actual text of the spiritual exercises from uh, David Fleming. He's got the, you know, the more uh, uh, direct translation in the uh, left-hand column, and then his his paraphrase on the right. Um, the contemplation to contemplation on the love of God, or the contemplation to attain love. So um, please bring um, on the 18th. Be sure to bring your journals. Uh, you'll have um, a little more time, maybe not so much to review your journals, but is to review your uh, your synopsis. Um, and then we'll—I hope that would be a, that'll actually be a more contemplative kind of time, um, where we just create some space for you um, to um, savor what you have received and to just sort of soak in God's uh, great great love for you. Um, good. That's it. Um, I hope you all enjoy your uh, groups and we'll see you on the 18th. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Make sure that you bring to the retreat that object that symbolizes your TI experience. You know, we're kind of doing some right brain, left brain thing here, right? Like engaging the analytic mind, but also engaging the symbolic mind. Anything you can do to engage, you know, different kinds of understanding will help you to process this experience more more deeply.